Jesus in one of the most incredible things that he ever did to prove who he was. In John 11, we find the story. Therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come see. And Jesus wept. That's a famous famous verse, a verse that Bible students love because it's two words. And if you've got to memorize a certain amount of scriptures, you want to get John 11, 35 in there, Jesus wept. You can get it every time. You're never going to miss it on a test. It, It is the story, again, for one of the most incredible miracles that Jesus performed while he walked among us. His setting up the scene, Lazarus, who was an incredible friend of Jesus, and Mary and Martha, Jesus was at their home regularly, loved this family. Mary and Martha send word to Jesus that Lazarus is very ill. Please hurry and come. Jesus chooses to tarry. Lazarus dies. Jesus still doesn't show up. Not until he'd been dead four days did Jesus enter the scene. Now, it's important to know if you're not familiar with the Jesus story, throughout his ministry, he healed the sick, gave sight to the blind, deaf could hear, lame could walk, lepers were cleansed, and he brought people back to life from the dead. So why would Jesus shed a tear? Jesus wept. The story goes on. So when... So the Jews were saying, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of blind men have kept this man from dying? So Jesus, again, being deeply moved within, came to the womb, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave and a stone was lying against it. And Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased said, Lord, by this time there will be a stench for he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around, I said it so they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped with a cloth, and Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. That's an incredible story. It's awesome. Now, the disciples knew that Jesus could bring Lazarus back, but there was a, there was a reason he waited four days, because the, the Jewish custom believed the spirit left at the third day, so Jesus wanted there to be no question what he did was miraculous. Mary and Martha believed that Jesus could have saved him had he been there, but that day Lazarus experienced the power that Jesus had and has over death and life. How about you? What do you believe Jesus can do? Can he heal? Can he save? Can he bring you back to life from dead and sin? So why not share with everyone that we know him? how incredibly awesome he is about the one who raised us from death to life. Is it possible? 
that we don't, that we don't care? Is it, is it possible? So why did Jesus weep? A famous pastor from long ago, Charles Spurgeon, great theologian, said this, winners of souls are first weepers for souls. So let me ask you, when was the last time you shed tears for your family, friends, coworkers, classmates, or teammates that are far from God? Father, we come to you in the strong name of Jesus. And God, we ask you to break our heart for that which breaks yours. We ask you to move us in spirit like Jesus was moved in spirit, deeply troubled. We ask you to, to give us eyes to see people that are far from you, that, are, that are, are dead in trespasses of sin, that are lost, that are far from you. God, the old, the, the old prophet Jeremiah said, oh, that my head were a reservoir and my eyes rivers that I could weep day and night for the slain of Israel. God, we ask you to give us tears for people. That whether they believe in you or not, they'll know that we have passion and compassion. They'll know, God, that we are absolutely sold out and broken for people that do not know you. Mark us with the burdens our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, welcome to all of our campuses across the entire state of Tennessee. Uh, man, we love you, broadcasting live and just excited about the new technology we have. Also, welcome people that are listening or watching later. And God behind bars, men and women, we miss you. It has been a year. And we know you can't gather back. Come on, we love them. So we love you guys. We can't wait to get back in person and, and be a part. So man, we love you and miss you. Well, welcome. You may be returning from a short spring break or a long pandemic break. Welcome home. Welcome home. In case you've missed this month, we have been allowing the Word of God to challenge us to be lamplighters. We find the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set upon a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but he puts it on a lampstand and he gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. If you missed the last couple weeks, let me challenge you, go back and grab them on our website or our app, download them and listen to them, especially last weekend if you missed it where we really dove into the burden that believers are to carry for people that are not yet believers, a burden for people that are far from God, particularly as we prepare this coming week for Easter. And so I've asked several times, who are you bringing? Now listen, don't bring Aunt Mabel from First Church, Podunk Collar. She's not going to like it, and she's then going back to her church. Bring people that need Jesus. Are you with me? That's who we need to bring. Come on, somebody. That's who we need to bring. Now, if you're a promiser, I have two questions. Who are you bringing and which service are you serving? So we ran out of serving cards. They've been in the seat the last couple weeks. I hadn't mentioned it. You can take the communication card, whether you want to serve at ushers, greeters, or baptism, or kids' ministry, or wherever. You can take the communication card, say, I want to serve, and 
And, uh, and either we'll be in touch with you, show up a few minutes before the service that you want to come and serve and be a part of. So all in favor, say aye. Man, the favor of God. Do me a favor, close your eyes for a second. I want you to remember back. Do you remember when you were saved? Do you remember where you were? Maybe do you remember who was with you, the person that may have led you to Jesus? Do you maybe remember what you said, how you felt, joy, freedom, peace? Incredible. Look up here. I hope you remember it. My salvation experience as after an overdose and in the hospital, severe stomach issues. They're trying to figure out what's going on with me. And man, I, I'm in there. And I have to tell you that if I wasn't stoned before at, at that point in my life, I would cry myself to sleep because I was eaten up with guilt and shame. I knew that I'd sinned. I knew that I hurt people. And, and so I just stayed high just to numb all, just to forget about all the stuff that I'd done. But in the hospital, there was, wasn't any way to get high. And so I was confronted with my sin and remembered the Spirit of God brought to my memory the parts of the gospel, at least that Jesus died and loved me. And there, all I did was pray the simplest of prayers. I said, Lord, I've wrecked my life. You can have it. I just ask you to just do something. And, and I have to tell you, in that moment, there was a, just a wave of cleansing that washed away my guilt. It washed away my shame. It, I had a whole big as a Mack truck in my heart. I knew something was missing. I just didn't know what fit there. And Jesus fit in perfectly. I came to the hospital one person. I let that hospital another person transform. Come on. Now, it's easy to forget that miraculous moment for each of us when we're saved. But if you've been born again, you are like Lazarus. You were dead in sins, and God made you alive. It is an amazing miracle that God does. And yet, throughout history, Old Testament and New Testament, even when God comes and rescues and redeems, when God moves and sets free, we end up forgetting what God did for us, what God did, and we begin to lose a burning passion to share the incredible miracles of Jesus with people that still need him. We got what we need, and we just don't worry about all those other people that have missed it, real people with real problems. Are you with me? See, lamplighters should burn with a passion to share. Now, the Jewish people, who were incredible, incredible worshipers, very emotional, in the book of Psalms, which means song, it is a book of songs that they sang, and they, they wrote one to remember being restored from captivity, God rescuing them from a place of where they were slaves. Psalms 126, it is a psalm of, one of the psalm of ascents as people would quote it, sing it as they went into the temple. When the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. We couldn't believe it. When I got saved, I couldn't believe it. Are y'all with me? I couldn't believe the forgiveness and love and joy. I could not believe it. 
We were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with joyful shouting. Then they said among the nation, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. You know when God does something good for you, everybody around you notices? Even the lost nations around Israel were saying God has done something incredible for them. And people around you should notice the favor of God on you. You say, what favor? Are you still married after 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years? You still married? That's favor on your life. Do you still, are you still in solid financial shape after this last catastrophic year? That's God's favor on your life. Are you emotionally and mentally stable after this last year of depression and suicide? That's God's favor on your life. Psalms 90 verse 17, may the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and confirm for us the work of our hands. Just confirm the work of our hands. This isn't a prosperity gospel. We, we, we believe in a provision gospel. But let me tell you, believers can experience difficult times. And it's in those times that people should see how we respond. When we make bad choices, we experience bad consequences. Isn't that right? Well, we believe God's favor is a force that is always at work, especially in people's lives that put God first, our number one value. We put God first and we're obedient to him. So no, even if you don't know anything about God, let me make a statement that I absolutely believe is so true. And I think most of you will agree. No matter where you are, life is better when you put God first. And you say, well, how do you know that? Because let's just say God is and he's the creator, which means he's massive and awesome. Can he come up with something cooler for you than you can come up with? He said, I do exceedingly abundantly above what you could ever ask or think or even imagine. I'm bigger than your imagination. Come on, you think Epcot or you think Disney something? Man, I created the universe. The Milky Way spilled off my table. Man. So when people notice something different about you, and they should, are you passionate about sharing what the difference is and who made the difference? How about it, students? In, a, in this last year with depression and suicide among students at the very apex, if you're like the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4, it, that you have a peace that passes all understanding, man, are you sharing that when people notice? Do you have a burning passion to tell them of him? Pastor, I want that kind of passion, but, but man, I just... I don't have it. I don't know why. As a matter of fact, I've gotten emails this week that said, Pastor, I don't have that burden. I don't have that passion you talked about. I want that. Well, let's just think for a minute. Are you unable to see the moments that you could share because you're too busy and self-absorbed? Do you see the moments that you could share, but you're afraid of what it might cost you? Well, it could ruin a relationship with someone that I really love. Listen, if you really loved them, you'd want them to be in heaven more than you want them to be your friend. Or maybe you doubt your calling, saying, God, surely there's somebody better than me. Surely you could send somebody else. That's what Moses said, God, send somebody else. God, place you right where you are on purpose with your neighbors, with your coworkers, with your classmates, with your friends. Why? Because he wants you to be his witness. 
Come on, if you listen, say I am. Do you believe God can bring others back from the dead just like he brought you back from spiritual death? Anybody believe that? Come on, somebody. Do you believe God can rescue others just like he rescued you? Anybody believe that? Come on, do y'all believe God can do it again? Then maybe passion isn't the problem. Maybe compassion is the problem. See, lamplighters burn with a compassion to share the love of God. Let's finish that psalm. Verse four, restore our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting. He who goes, who goes to and fro weeping, carrying his bag of seed, shall indeed come again with a shout of joy, bringing his sheaves or his souls with him. Because if you go to the Jesus teaching of the parable of the sower, this is the psalm of the sower, the parable of the sower, the seed is the word of God and we are those who sow the seed. And in our sharing, in our sowing of the seed of the gospel, we should follow the same model that we see our master do even as he goes to resurrect Lazarus as he weeps. He's broken, he's moved with compassion for people. See, God, God gives us compassion and passion so that when we sow the gospel and, and we sow it in tears, people understand we mean it. Are y'all with me? They may not believe it, but they know that you believe it. Paul said in Acts 20, I was with you for three years, exhorting you with, daily with tears. See, a season of weeping for souls is required for a season of reaping of souls. Those that go forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing their sheaves with us. Three times we see Jesus weep. Once we see him in John 11 outside Lazarus' tomb weeping for his friend. We see him again on the Mount of Olives looking over Jerusalem weeping for Israel. And then we see him in the Garden of Gethsemane weeping for a world who was in desperate need. See, Jesus shed his blood for that lost world and the least we can do is shed some tears. Does that make sense? See, I believe God's harvest will meet us to the level of our passion and compassion for those that are far from God. Jesus already did it for you. Jesus has already done it in you. Why can't he do it again? Are y'all with me? Why can't we see hundreds of people next week saved and baptized in all of our Easter services? Can we see that? Can we see that? See, why can't God save your family, your neighbor, your coworker, your classmate, your teammate? He can. What would possibly stop God from using you to plant a seed in someone's heart that leads them to freedom, that leads them to salvation, that leads them to new life? See, in what ways do you think God might use you Let's see what God did with Catherine. My name is Catherine and I attend the Blount County campus. Um, so I started my freshman year of college last fall in the middle of a pandemic, which is kind of crazy and a big leap of faith. It was pretty challenging and especially challenging when they told us that we were gonna have to go home for two months from Thanksgiving until January. Instead of being upset about it, I decided to get a part-time job 
um, at Bath and Body Works, which is where I met a girl named Kayla. Um, and I just was praying for a burden for somebody when I started working there, um, just finding that one person that I could share God's story with and also my story about how he's changed my life. So me and Kayla went to dinner and we started talking about our semesters at college and we both realized that our experiences were kind of similar and that we had been struggling with like different friendships and just different things, just adjusting to college. I just felt prompted to share my faith with her in that way and share what God was doing through those hardships. And so that's when I invited her to Faith Promise. After we had dinner, um, a few weeks later, she texted me and she had told me that she went to church by herself at the Blunt campus. And I was so shocked, I dropped my phone because that is such a big step for someone. But later that day, I got a text from her saying that she had asked Jesus into her heart and that she wanted to get baptized. And I was so overjoyed to see that those small seeds that I didn't think would come to life came to life. A few weeks later, I got the privilege to baptize her and stand with her as she took that next step in her journey with Christ. So take that leap of faith because you never know how God is gonna bless you and the person whose life you might change. go, Catherine. I am so proud of you, girl. That is incredible. Just simply telling a friend. And there's another name written down in glory. If you have stories like that, do me a favor, write them up and send this to us at stories at faithpromise.org. Because isn't that motivational? Did you all enjoy that? See, then, what? And, and we tell our story, give God the glory. The Bible says, encourage one another, love the good works, all the more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. But notice what Catherine did. When her circumstances changed, she didn't get bitter. She didn't complain. She prayed for a burden for people around her. And, and what happened? She got, to, she got to bring her friend, and her friend gave her heart to Jesus. See, that's what lamplighters do. We say, God, wherever you put us, give us a burden. Give us a passion and come passion. Now, if you're not sure how to pray for that, next Saturday at 9 o'clock at all of our campuses, We'll have our monthly first Saturday prayer gathering as we'll be praying for Easter weekend. If you want to be a part, come to any of our campuses. We'll join early and then uh, we'll get live all of them together and then we'll break apart as we pray. And so I, I just believe God's going to do an incredible thing this Easter. He's going to take the abundance of seeds that we are sowing. Are you with me? We're going to see a hundredfold harvest. And the, the, the ancient Israelites understood that he had to sow the seed before he could reap a sheep. He had to put his fortune, his everything in the ground, into the soul, hoping for an increase, not sure about the outcome. That's faith. That's what we do. We sow our seeds. Are you with me? We sow our seeds by faith, not sure of the outcome. And let me tell you, if you sow seeds, you succeed. If you sow seed, you succeed. Their response to the seed is not your responsibility. You showing the love of Christ and sharing the story, that's our responsibility. But man, Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. Are you with me? So that's what we do. We just leave it up to God. 
And if the sowing didn't pay off for the farmer, he wouldn't have enough seed to plant the next year. And what we have to realize, listen, this is why, why so much just want you to share the scripture. Because this scripture, Jesus said, is a seed. There's life in the seed. Are you with me? The farmer plants the seed knowing something's coming up. There's life in the seed and there is power in the seed. There's a power in a seed to break through a six-inch concrete slab. You got any weeds in your driveway? Man, they work their way up. They're able. And the gospel has enough power to crack the hardest heart of your family and friends saying, no, you don't understand. There's just not a way. I'm telling you, the word of God to break the strongest rock. Are y'all with me? Come on. So we got to burn with passion and compassion, a compassion to share. So are you praying to the point of shedding tears for your family and friends and neighbors and co-workers and classmates and teammates? So before we go this weekend, Every, and we've given you something very practical every weekend. Actually, we're trying to finish every message with something practical. Typically, you know, you just preach a sermon, you don't think anybody's going anything. So now what we're going to do is give you something. So on every other seat, seat there is a, a little my story. Now, if you've been around long enough, you know what this is called. Somebody yell out, what's this called? A track. If you're below 30, you don't have a clue what a track is. You think it's something trains roll on. This is a track. It's a gospel track. And this is so cool. You open this up, and that's my story. It's my story, my testimony. You open it up, and it's God's story. And this is what you can do. You can go to my story, the website. It's listed on this track. And you can type out your story, and you can print specialized tracks that you can use that have your story on them. That is so cool. And so, again, when you talk to somebody, hey, have you got a minute for me to share a story? Sure, you take a minute and share what's on this. You got a minute for me to share God's story? And if you don't, say, hey, my story's in here. Check this out. And just, it's sowing seed, right? Just show, it's just sowing seed. So come on, as campus pastors begin to make their way up, Man, I, I so want for you to be a kingdom-minded saint, to make a difference for Jesus, that your heart would burn, that they would see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven, and so that you would walk with a burden, that you'd make disciples where you live, work, study, shop, and play, that it would be what you do. So as campus pastors get ready to take over and share the gospel and wind down this worship event, I got to ask you one more time, who you bringing next week to Easter? The more seeds we sow, the more people we bring, the greater the harvest. So campus pastors, take it away. Come on, welcome the campus pastors to all the platforms. Now online, and maybe you're listening to this message later, maybe you're realizing that something has been drawing you back and back. You're not sure what it is, but you just feel compelled to come back. Maybe 2020 was a famine in your soul, and it began to realize that there's got to be more to this life than getting up, working, and going home, and getting up and working, and going home. We believe there's only one true source of life, 
It's Jesus. And if you plug into the source, the creator, the redeemer, can I tell you, the living, living water never runs dry. Pandemic, difficulties, he will walk. He will be your source, your savior. And no matter what struggle you face, he will walk you through it. I've been following him almost 40 years. I do it over, I do it over. I've never regretted it for a second. So maybe you're struggling this weekend. Maybe getting past your past. Maybe you felt like I did, worthless. Maybe you feel shame and guilt because you know you sin comes short of God's glory. Well, I got good news. You may feel like there's no way God would love you, but the Bible says in Romans 5, 8, God demonstrated, he proved, he showed his love for us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us, the just for the unjust, to bring us to God. And so it's really a simple deal. It's just like, I listen, I didn't pray King James English in the hospital bed. I just said, Lord, I'm here and I need you. Romans 10, 9 and 10, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, your Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him to the dead, you'll be saved. So we're going to pray a simple, what we call sinner's prayer, just confessional prayer. We're going to pray it out loud together with you because nobody prays alone. And we want to invite you to open your heart to the greatest gift you will ever receive. And that's salvation. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, just pray this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, I know I've failed. I know I've sinned. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. You died for me. You rose from the grave. I will live for you. Be my Lord. Help me follow you the rest of my days.